It's been a week of oppositions. Our country has been devastated by COVID-19, yet vaccinations are flying into the arms of Americans at an amazing pace. Former Minneapolis Police Department officer Derek Chauvin is on trial for the murder of George Floyd. And a massive infrastructure bill could create jobs and upgrade our country for the 21st century. One dog is behaving in the White House, the other not so much. So I wonder, which way will things go during the spring? This week, I'm joined by author and White House correspondent for the Griot, April Ryan, to take a look at our nation's tone and how we can hold our government accountable no matter who's in charge. I'll ask her how she feels the Biden administration is doing in its first two months in office. Will President Biden's infrastructure plan appeal to disenfranchised former Democrat voters in rural America? Which of the politicians who she's covered in her years in Washington have the characteristics she admires most? And of course, how the heck are we going to get along? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well. April Ryan, how are you? Oh my gosh, Clay Aiken, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Oh, I'm stuck in my house. Are you stuck in your house? I mean, you can't possibly be stuck in your house because you're busy. Um... I was at the White House today. I was at the Petri dish, but um, <laughs> I was just at the White House. Are you liking your new job? Because you're, you're in a new place now, yeah? Yeah, I'm in a new place. Um, what's interesting is you have to remember that the, the little engine that could, yes, I can, yes, I can. It's like, you know, you go from radio and then you jump into a world of writing. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm writing every day. And I said, girl, you've written three books, working on your fourth. What is wrong with you? You have to shake yourself and say, <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> it is so a little I, different though, right? I mean, is, it is it still is different. different. It is, it is. It but is. but you're in a different, I mean, but being in a different place gives you a platform to talk about, do do stories that you've wanted to do for longer or for a yeah, while? Or? Deep dive, deep dives and interview more people, make you think more versus a 30 second, hey, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And here's Clay Aiken. And then, oh, okay, five seconds of Clay Aiken and then walk out. And That's blah, blah, more blah. than most folks can handle. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> are you, how are you not bored of the White House yet, though? You know what? Um, it's not a time to be bored. It's never been a time to be bored, but now more so than ever, we need to know what's happening from the highest office in the land. I mean, we have so many things going on in this nation and around the world that we have to hear. And you can't be bored. I mean, I think about, I maybe like, you know, you have um, a background in the South and so do I. And it's like, when you're in the South, you touch everyone. You know, someone who has everything going, you know, <laughs> each person you touch. Yeah, yeah, you know, they have, it's something different. And, I, and that's like my family. And we come from the Carolinas and it's like, everyone does something different. And I'm like, so this would affect that person. This would affect that one. And I think it's important that you have someone there who can really break it down in right. layman's terms and just say, this is how it is. You know, like Walter Cronkite, you said, that's the way it was. So. Is it harder now when this particular administration is not quite as, um, What's the word? Combustible? Um, what, what's the, oh, um, what, tell me the changes I, I, between January 10th and January 25th. Oh, well, January 10th, um, we were six, well, no, wait a minute. We were four days out of the craziness, right. um, which had my mouth on the floor, which had me, Clay, and I haven't really talked about this. You're like really the first person. I had packed my bags had them in the car. Yeah, I see your eyes popping. I told my kids, we had we had a breakout plan. I said, look, I said, it's time to go. I, my neighbors who Republican and Democrat were calling me, where are you? And I wouldn't tell them. And I'm like, hi, I'm safe. I'm like, why do you want to know? You know, I'm like, why where do you Where were you on the 6th? I'm not telling you. No, were you, <laughs> but you were in D.C., I'm assuming. Yeah, were um, you in D.C.? I'm, no, I wasn't. Praise okay. God. I was told, Clay, by mm. many people, do not go to D.C. Really? So you knew, but somehow they didn't. Let me tell you something. <laughs> everybody, everybody knew. 
I just started working for the Griot on uh-huh. the 4th, January 4th. That was the first Monday after New Year's. And I had done an interview with the great Maxine Waters, who said, you know, we're preparing for the 6th. We're preparing for the 6th. Now, this was on the 4th, okay? You can look the article up, okay? I've got receipts. So she, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was like, and, and I talked to uh, Nancy Pelosi and the sergeant at arms, and they put the Capitol Police on with me. And, you know, they assured me this is all. She even gave me the notice that they gave them about where to park and how to be safe. Yes. Clay, here's what I'm going to tell you. Go to the griot.com and go to where it says news or politics. And look, and if, if you hit that tab, you see Iran exclusive. Go all the way to the the beginning where you see Maxine Waters' face. It's all right there. They knew. They everybody knew. I well, know. So right? obviously, the next question then, right? Is right. Well, what the happened? Right. I mean, what the yeah. was it? In, I mean, do you think it was an intentional omission of security? Because, I mean, at that point, wouldn't Nancy Pelosi have been in charge in to some degree of security? Do you think maybe so the speaker the didn't listen to Maxine Sarge- Waters? Sergeant at Arms and Capitol Police. It was in a Democratic caucus meeting. Maxine Waters was asking questions. Mind you, Maxine Waters, and and, and I hate having to bring this kind of thing up, but she had been a target of death threats. Right. You know? So of course she wants to know. And there were other congressional leaders who are targets of death threats. And they wanted to know. But Maxine Waters brought it up and they assured them, okay? They assured them that everything was okay. Well, it wasn't. So, and this is the thing, after all of that, you know, and all my reporting, and this is why it's not boring because people need to hear this. Um, In my reporting, in my sourcing, um, Clay, those people that were climbing the wall, scaling the walls and doing all that crazy stuff, we have got the the quantitative number. 25 to 30,000 people went into, were magged, to go into the ellipse to hear Donald, then right. President Donald Trump, twenty-five to thirty thousand. There were extra thousands who did not dare come through the mags with their backpacks. Hello, that's what I'm told from law enforcement. So, so it was a failure on quite a few people's parts. Then it wasn't. It was I mean, obviously there was a big failure yeah. on the on the executive branch for not providing the security that was necessary but no 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 the legislative well yeah the the executive branch had secret service but the legislative branch is the one that fell down right but the executive branch didn't provide access to the national guard didn't get the pentagon right yes 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 yes. the executive branch stirred this up so let's when but but it sounds like the legislative branch branch didn't listen to congresswoman waters the the police didn't pay attention see (laughs) see, there's a hypocrisy in this nation if it were certain groups, they'd be ready. If it were certain groups coming up there picketing and protesting, they'd be ready. They put the National Guard out for much less when they wanted to go across the street and take a picture and turn the Bible upside down in front of a church. So, yeah, you get me. And then- <laughs> I get that. I get that. But it sounds like, but I guess it just also sounds like we we need to hold, I mean, I don't want to say hold accountable because I think they're, they've, taken steps certainly now but it doesn't sound like people were as proactive no, they, on the democrat side and when it comes to speaker pelosi it doesn't sound like they were as proactive as they could have and should I'm have gonna, been i'm gonna say, i'm not gonna say speaker pelosi speaker pelosi was getting the information that she was getting from the capitol police she's not law enforcement okay um i'm not blaming her but i'm not letting her well, granted off, she didn't but, want anybody coming in her office obviously i mean she got truly affected by this herself so she was pulled out she was lifted up along with chuck schumer all the leaders and they were escorted out to an undisclosed location to keep them safe for the concert where where apparently you already were (laughs) (laughs) yes i was but i mean think about this i mean we saw we saw a noose erected for the vice president at that time the leadership had to run out. You had people praying on the House floor. You had um, Hakeem Jeffries and a couple other congressional leaders talking about, I'm not going down like this. If they come for us, we're going to be there for them. But have you, I mean, the, the images are riveting to me to watch the, the, when we saw, to watch the leaders run out. 
Yeah, right. And for 40, and, 000, and be afraid. And be afraid. And for those 40,000 people to be there looking for them, where are you? You heard the tapes. And they got not one. That is, that is something. 40,000 people had converged on the Capitol looking for leaders. 40,000 people. That's crazy. And only 3,000 were, were captured. And, and there's one picture, one video that really stands out in my mind. And I, it, it, it plays over and over. And I, I, I hope you remember this or you saw it yourself. It was this elderly woman who was hobbling down the steps coming. She was coming out and a police officer in riot gear was holding her hand, escorting her out very gently and nicely. That stays in my mind. And that's juxtaposed to the other images. She was, she was a, she was a protester slash rioter hobbling elderly woman, hobbling down the steps and a a police officer in riot gear. Yes, exactly. So I am not bored at all. I (laughs) can only imagine all of that to say, I am not America. God bless America. We Um, need it right now. I mean, listen, I don't, I'm, I'm one of those, I'm one of those Democrats who would rather just not talk about Donald Trump. I kind of I know him at his show and I, and I, yeah, you were. Yeah, don't want, I know he likes the attention. He wants the oxygen. And I think that sometimes we're better off to not give him what he's so desperately seeking. Do, it, does it surprise you at all that he's been so quiet since he's he left not office? Quiet. Fox News has got him on. And I'm is he to, on Fox News? I ain't watching Fox News. I'll be it. Neither am I. But you but, know, but is he on himself, or is he, are they just his minions the are on? He's speaking on the phone from the petri oh. dish called Mar-a-Lago, um, another petri dish that he's created. Um, and he's also his people are also putting out press releases when he gets a bee in his bonnet, and um, he speaks that way. But I don't give him any air as well. Um, it's time for peace and calm and uh, coming together. This nation is hurting, be it the de- the devastation of COVID, be it the devastation of division, of race. I mean, we've got so much going on. The economy, people are, are trying to find work. You know, people are, are hopeful that they won't lose their homes or won't be booted out of their apartments. This is a time of great pain and we don't have time for that. Is is it getting better at all in the past? What 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 day are we in now? The Biden administration. Have you it, noticed a difference? Now it's about two months, about six years. Let me say this: <clears throat> it won't be better until people feel it. Until real working class people feel it, when their pocket is not filled with lint versus coins or bills, you know, that's where I think that we will feel it. We will yeah, know. But- but do we talk about that enough? No. Um, do because because it just I guess it seems to me I am one of those people confuse me I think too often for a, a I mean I have been called a Republican before um, <laughs> don't 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 own that at all but I, I mean I think people confuse me sometimes as being more moderate than I am sometimes because I don't want to talk about some of the superficial controversial crap. Instead, I want to talk about the issues that you're bringing up, pocketbook issues, economic issues, some of the policy stuff that we could do. And I and I'm perfectly fine to say, you know what, just do whatever you want to on that end. Talk all the crap you want to. I'm just not going to give you oxygen to it. And I don't. But isn't there a space, space, Clay, for all of it to be on the table? Isn't there space for all of it? I mean, a lot a lot of it's important. And I guess it depends on what exactly we're specifically we're talking about but um certainly much of it is important but i do wonder maybe maybe because i still live in north carolina and i look around and i think okay when i talk to my conservative friends or my conservative family members or my moderate family members i can actually get them to agree that better access to health care is important i can get them to agree that um that investing in infrastructure will help everyone. Um, I can get them to agree on some of these policy things, but I sometimes find that the minute something touches on one of the more, not I don't want to say completely superficial, but one of the more 
um, non-policy-related Republicans versus Democrats thing, I lose them. You know, I don't care personally, and people who listen to this show know I don't love Mitch McConnell either. But <laughs> as soon as I start talking about how bad Mitch McConnell has done at something or how horrible it was that they rammed through Amy Coney Barrett, I lose folks. And yes, you're right. That is an important issue. But I guess I'm one of those folks who thinks, do we talk enough about, I mean, how much emphasis do you feel this infrastructure plan that the president uh, laid out or started, began to lay out this week has gotten? Has it gotten enough? Have we, have we begun to delve into it in the press enough or are people focused on other things? People are focused on other things, but it also has, you know, this, it has to be sexy and clay, you know, and that's the thing. And, and I want to, I've back. never been that in my life. So I don't have, oh, to yes, worry you about are. It. Yes, you are. I'm, li- I'm wearing my Tony Soprano but uh, running thing right now. It's so, cute. it's so cute. But listen, but here's the thing. And I want to go back to something Amy Coney Barrett. He- here's the thing. People want to believe what they want. And, and that's where we are having problems instead of mm-hmm. being open-minded to see one side versus the other. We- we're I am here. I don't care. I want what I want. Whereas you had, you know, something a couple of years ago, you had people flip-flopping and now it's such a hodgepodge of what I want, when I want it and how I want it. Instead of looking at what's in front of you, humanity. You know, when I first got to Washington 24 years ago, I was saying, oh, it's politics, politics. But you know what? I've learned politics is about people and humanity and we're forgetting that. And when we talk about infrastructure, and you're talking about North Carolina, my family is from the southeastern tip of North Carolina. In some spots, we still have dirt roads. And those infrastructure uh, efforts will definitely help with getting contractors jobs that they can tangibly feel, that they can put money uh, in their pocket and put food on the table and keep a roof over their head, but also have these roads that are not going to bust up a tire or the axle, what have you. There are still communities, rural, um, that have dirt roads, still have irrigation ditches on the side. Trust me, I know, you know, those rural parts of the Carolinas and some other areas uh, in this nation. Let's talk about bridges, some of these crumbling bridges, you know, that we are too afraid to drive or we pray over every time we, we go creaking over these bridges. And then schools, you've got schools... You've got schools that are embarrassing to go into, okay, that are crumbling. And they're shoving our kids in, in, in these schools with this dense population. There's so much that needs to be fixed. We're an aging country. Well, we're the we're sort of tortoise in the hare, right? I mean, we we <laughs> we were doing so well, and we really built up a, a country in the in the forties and fifties and the in the aftermath of World War II. And I think did we not get very proud and strong and feel like we could sit on our ass for another 50 years and not get any progress done. So, I mean, we're you're not, right. We're not sitting on our ass right now. Um, but, you know, but, but infrastructure is not a democratic issue. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Right. Isn't it something that, isn't it something that Republicans also supported at least yes. spoke a lot about supporting over the last four years during the Trump administration, but now they're not so excited about it. I mean, the response this week has been, this is way too much money, right? Because it was a Democrat. Let me tell you something. So when Donald Trump first came in, every week was infrastructure week. I forgot why infrastructure week wasn't. <laughs> it. it was like every week was infrastructure week and it never took off. I remember he wanted to go into rural America for infrastructure week. But we have to look at this. It's not just urban America versus rural America. All of America needs help. You know, when we talk about lead pipes, um, it's not just Flint, Michigan. It's Washington, D.C. It's parts of the Carolinas. It's all across the country. We are aging. And that grid, that power grid in Texas, you know, we are not, we have not um, caught up with who we are as a people. We have outlets and everything. I mean, you know, you can go on. I'm not going to say the names of the companies that you can go and go online. But we have so many. I've looked around my house. I have got every kind of, what is it, anti-surge plug there is. You know, and everybody's doing this. We're plugging everything in. We've got all these devices and mixers and refrigerators and microwaves and this, that, and the other. 
And we're overloading what was built when in the fifties and sixties, maybe seventies. Right. Back when we were, back when we were running, we thought we were ahead of the game. Right. So we, we have an issue that needs to be addressed. And this president is talking about doing it over an eight year span. Um, And what he's talking is bold. Um, Will it happen? Let's see. But at issue, it needs to happen. If it happened under Donald Trump, it needed to happen. If it happened under Barack Obama, it needed to happen. If it happened under any president, it needs to happen. But it definitely needs to happen now. We are a nation in recession trying to stave off depression. This episode is sponsored by Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people who are ready to take their acne seriously. And Prescription acne treatment can be really hard to get, you know, even though you know it works, it's kind of a pain to have to get the prescription acne treatment. You got to go to take time off work to see a doctor. You got to go to the pharmacy for your medications. And, you know, if you got zits, you don't want to be out in public and going to sitting in the pharmacy. Uh, That's where apostrophe comes in. It lets you see a board certified dermatologist online and apostrophe lets you get your treatment immediately and your medications are delivered straight to your house also very perfect for covid Um, all you got to do is fill out apostrophe's online questionnaire uh, tell them about your concerns and your medical history then snap a few selfies which we all know how to do and your dermatologist creates this whole special treatment plan just for you the best part is apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so you can treat your acne from the inside out or the outside in and they don't just treat acne they can help you with all your other skincare stuff too. Goals like reducing redness, uh, reducing dark spots, wrinkles. Not that I have any of those, but you know, I might. Um, Regardless, I love the fact that their products really feel great on your skin and they absorb nicely and they have all the ingredients that you know will work. And you don't have to even schedule an appointment or go to a pharmacy to get your medications. It's actually perfect. You can get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash heck and use our code Heck, this code is available only to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash heck and click begin visit. Then you'll use the code heck at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash heck and use that code heck to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. Or you can look for the link in our show notes. And we really want to thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. Is President Biden being the moderate that a lot of people in the Democratic primary feared he would be? Or has he been more progressive than I think than, than most people expected? Okay, I'm not going to call him progressive at all. And I'm going to tell you why. There are two issues right now. Um, you have moderate Chuck Schumer talking about he wanted $50,000 um, debt forgiveness on school loans. Moderate Chuck Schumer went way progressive. And Joe Biden said, mm-mm. I'll give you 10000 That's it. So there was a $40,000 gap. Well, so maybe in that issue, but I mean, $3 trillion isn't small potatoes. It'd be the biggest. But, but you know what? But he's not busting the bank when we are in. We have colliding crises. We have the devastation of COVID that's killed people, that's cut jobs. People are not working. We will go into a depression if he doesn't do something. That's a large number. But guess what? He has to do it. Um, you've got people scared that they're going to have um, they're going to change the moratorium on foreclosures because they cannot pay for for a place to live. Did they just extend that that this week? I believe. Well, did the see this? I know uh, Marsha Fudge said that HUD uh, she was waiting for CDC to give the guidelines. So if they did, I didn't hear. Maybe I'm they wrong. might have changed it. I might be. I I, I asked you because you would know better than me. I think I may have read in, <laughs> in North Carolina they extended it, but um, right. So, but so not nationally, maybe. But but here's the thing. Either way, we're still talking about homes, staying in homes. I'm not working. I can't pay. You know, and then you have landlords who are not getting the payment, who are in jeopardy of losing their homes. So it's it's such a cyclical thing. It is a large amount of money, but the it's I don't even think it's a drop in the bucket, the bucket commensurate with the pain that the nation is feeling. 
let me ask a question differently then you've you've covered this is your is the president biden is your fifth administration yeah i got a whole handful of presidents yes yes <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, is he is he so far being more progressive than the other two Democrats you've covered? Uh, I mean, Bill Clinton was not necessarily considered progressive. He, he might have been for his time, but in hindsight, but he wasn't, was he? He was a centrist. Um, yeah. He was a centrist. Um, Biden doesn't believe in legalizing marijuana. That's not progressive. Um, I think he is trying to he's listening He's listening um, and he's getting the studied approach from all of those who know what they're talking about. Um, but I think he's taking a very um, deliberate strategic approach. I, I, I'm not going to say he's progressive. I'm not, I'm not, I don't see anything yet to say that. I don't see, but I mean, you've got a certain wing of the party, AOC and the rest of them, <laughs> Um, well, listen. Yeah, no, well, I don't. You, I don't know anyone would be uh, be progressive enough for some folks, right? Well, right. But you've got. But you've got that AOC wing that is pushing. Even Chuck Schumer, again, a moderate, is moving in the progressive vein. So there, and then, and then you know, you have others who are just totally gone. Not even left. They're like leaning over to the Republican side now. Um, West Virginia. That's all I'm gonna say. What so, is the Republican side now, though? I mean, if, if you if you if you're thinking maybe Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Cinema, certainly the most conservative Democrats in the Senate. Exactly. Right. Nothing. But, nothing. But, is, nothing works now. But are they really? Is it fair to call them Republicans when the rest of the Republican Party I'm is so gonna, far over on the other side that I'm not going to call them Republican. I'm going to say that they're reflecting their base. Right. And and is it fair to say, well, it's it's either take that or get another Republican from West Virginia instead of Joe Manchin? So let me say this. Joe Manchin understands what the climate is. And there is still a strong sentiment out here that supports former President Donald Trump. Especially in West Virginia. Exactly. And we're not saying anything that's controversial. We're just speaking fact. So he understands. And, and in that, he's got to meld with the mindset that voted for him. Because if not, what happens when election time comes? He's voted out. Right. So, so who are those folks? I mean, if we're, what part of North Carolina do you say your family is in? Southeastern see, or Western? Southeastern tip. Now, see, if I tell you. Cause Brunswick County. No. Uh, so, so I'm going to tell you, before I tell you where... And see, people are going to be like, I thought that was her. Because when I go, I try to go in quietly, because that is a very red area. Oh, they ain't listening to me, I promise you. <laughs> so, let me, yes, they will. Some of them like you. They, they, they act like they don't, but they like you. They like who you are. Um, and with me, too. They watch me because they either love to love me or love to hate me. It's in Columbus County. Oh, Columbus County. So, I wasn't far. You weren't far. I wasn't far off. Okay, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Real, real, real country. Like Elizabethtown area? Br- yes! Elizabeth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah, Tabor City. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're, you were not exaggerating when you said dirt roads and... and I'm not, no. And my, very off the grid. Right, and that's where my mother grew up. And there's some houses that, that they... I would, there's some houses there, I would venture to say, just got um, uh, running water maybe in the 70s. And oh, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Right, and right. And, and, I'm just... and very few have broadband right now. But exactly. what they do have down there is lots of Trump voters. Yes. Some of whom I don't. Did you grow up down there or you just so go, my you visit? Grandparents, my mother's people are from there. Um, my grandparents, I used to go down um, in the summers and put in tobacco. Um, I used to farm tobacco. with Farm tobacco. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Fire it up and all put it in. We call it put it in the pack house and stuff. Yes. Um, tobacco worms, all that stuff. Um, every summer I would go down there and that's that, you know, I think every person needs to see at some point in their lives, urban and rural so they can understand. Um, so I'm, who are those folks who in, in down in, in Columbus County, Bladen County, Brunswick County, all different hundreds, thousands of counties across the country like Columbus County that are, good people, but still voted for Trump. 
Who are those folks? And Church why are we not getting to them? Church loving people who feel their rights are taken away, who love their guns, who love to hunt deer. Um, you know, people, my grandparents would let people come on their land. My grandfather owned over a hundred acres of land and they come on their land to shoot deer. And he'd let them come, you know, black man at that time with that kind of land, um, did well. Um, you know, they're good people, but the, but the mindset is different. It's right. But, it, but, but you would agree, I think that some of the progressive policies, like I was saying, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't go to Columbus County very often, but I don't go far off. My family's from down East also. Um, the, the progressive policies tend to be approved right. by folks in those areas. They tend to be I'll economic stuff. Community. I'll say the black community to a certain extent. Well, I mean the I'm... economic stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, the supporting infrastructure, supporting oh, yes. that kind of thing. Those policies tend to be supported by like huge wads, wide swaths of people, people who voted for Obama. Like, again, this is a national show, so I apologize to people for this North Carolina geography lesson. But, right next, <laughs> but right next door in Robeson County, which voted for Obama twice and mm-hmm. then voted for Trump twice. Like, who are these people, April, and how are we not speaking to them? So let me say this. Um, I talked to Congressman James Clyburn of South Carolina. Um, and he wants to put more emphasis on rural America, health care. You know, a lot of these communities need access to health care. They have not the best health care. He wants, he says, broadband. You know, I remember during, and this, and this, this is important. This is kind of a lesson for people who don't get the, the difference in their lifestyle, if you live in an urban community or in a, uh, a suburban community versus rural, very rural. Which, by the uh, way, I don't think you're talking about black, black and no. white issues either, because there are lots of people in rural areas who would who are of both races. Who yes, that's right. That's things, right. So James Clyburn said something. He said broadband is so important. And I think back to the Clinton years when he came to Whiteville, North Carolina, with Erskine Bowles trying to bridge the digital divide. They did not have internet back then in the 90s. You had to pay an exorbitant amount of money. And to this day, it goes to... got dial up. <laughs> right, right, dial up. How about that? Um, right. And to this day, you have kids who cannot... When we're dealing with COVID, you've got these young children who have to sit outside of Burger King, Wendy's, or what have you to get internet to do their homework. Or they don't have devices screens, if you will, to do their work. So we need to bring every family to, to, to today, to this moment. And I say that as a parent myself with two girls, we are having internet issues and we live in uh, an area that, oh, we got all the stuff, but we are having internet issues, you know? And as a parent, it, it hurts me to see that the children are falling behind. They're woefully behind in their education this year because of COVID, because they were not adequately equipped, be it with Wi-Fi or or broadband in their community or just having the luxury or the necessity now of having the money for a device. Those issues, especially in some of the more rural areas, especially in some of the areas that have been gerrymandered to be Mm. one party or the other. I mean, it's not always going gerrymandering just to Republicans in this state. It might be. But a lot of those rural areas that you're talking about, is this going to help the current administration and perhaps his party uh, win in in two years if (laughs) and, and hold on to the House? Um, and some of those house seats in two years, if he can actually deliver for some more rural areas, should he be focusing on that? You know, Clay, I'm going to take you back to your old, um, your old profession, music. Okay. I'm thinking about Janet Jackson, her song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Okay, yeah. That is, I mean, you know this, that is so real. Right. People, politics is personal. And, and if you feel like, wait a minute, I've gotten more. I, I'm feeling better because of this. You're going to have somebody who's going to stand out in the rain with a mask, maybe. 
and vote for you. Because you know on a rainy day, people are like, mm, I don't know. But if they feel like they have really been touched by the initiative or what you've done, the tangibles are in their home, in their pocket, and they can clearly see it, they're going to be more inclined to vote. Um, but you also have, in, in another couple of years, you've got a silent uh, group of people who are pushing, Clay, to overturn what happened, overturn Georgia, overturn what happened in the Senate. Um, you've got people who are not happy. And it's going to be a fight. Um, and I'm not using it in the sense of Donald Trump's fight, okay, that was debated in the impeachment trial. But when I say a fight, a fight of wills, a fight of parties, people are going to try to win at any cost again. And we're seeing that now. And and that's and on that note, I don't think Joe Biden is being progressive when it comes to issues of voting rights. He's just coming down the line trying to come back to 1965 when we had issues. Well, H.R. 1. I mean, he's, he's only been there since. H.R. 1 and H.R. 4. H.R. 1 and H.R. 4. Wait, tell me what that one is. H.R. 4 came out of the Supreme Court. It was about the preclearance thing. Um, there, oh, they, oh, okay. Yeah. They have to hold hearings um, about uh, states. In, so in 1965, the Voting Rights Act, primarily the big piece of it was preclearance. Preclearance is when um, each state would have to get what they want in voting, how they want the voting um, process to happen. It would have to be approved by the Justice Department. But it was just those states and areas those that had had states, Jim Crow right. issues and had right. shown problems, right? right. So it didn't but apply now, to other states right. that but now also it, had racism, by the way. Yeah, oh, how about that? But now, <laughs> it's, now it's not just certain Southern states. It's so they're expa- the whole country, right? The expanse of this country, yes. Which solves the problem that the Supreme Court made their decision based on, right? Yeah, but they have to hold, it's got to go through this process. So, um, but we, this is, this is a harsh, this is a harsh moment. And I don't is believe it- Biden is being progressive on that. I believe he's just being, trying to reinstate something that the Supreme Court gutted. Do you think, I mean, I, I people know I like, President Biden, and I liked candidate Biden, and like Vice President Biden, and Senator Biden. I liked all the Bidens, but I don't want to sound like I'm I'm being his booster club here. But I do want to ask: Do you think that it's that people, after four years of what many would, I'm being incredibly biased today, um, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, do do you think that after four years of what a lot of people, some people think was wonderful, but a lot of people feel like was just a hot dumpster fire mess, um, that President Biden and Vice President Harris are being expected to clean up four years of regression in two months <laughs> And and not being given. Do you think they're being held to a higher standard, essentially, that there was a big mess that I think a lot of people felt needed to be cleaned up and we really wanted them to come in and just clean it up right away? Um, Is that a higher standard than we hold most presidents to when they've come in after an administration that's of a different party? Um, It's not realistic. Think about I, I compare it to. Bush, George W. Bush, when we were in a recession, in war, we were fatigued physically, economically, um, and our death toll, we did not, we, we couldn't stomach that. We couldn't take it, not stomach it, we were hurting to see our men and women and anyone die, okay, in a war. Barack Obama came in on hope and change, and people looked at him like a savior. He could they put him on a pedestal. He even wrote in his book saying it was too much for one person to, to have on them. Um, people were looking for something different. When you say I'm going to change and I'm going to give you hope, they believe that. And the unfortunate thing is he could never live up to that. And then we had, um, we went from one, we went from one polar opposite to the next. We had Barack Obama and then we went to 
the hot mess dumpster fire that you call. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the, we in, in fairness, we went from a polar opposite to another polar opposite right. to Donald Trump. I mean, yeah, George right. W. Bush and Barack Obama couldn't. Yes. Be How much about more that? Different. Yeah. And we and, and and from Donald Trump, another polar opposite to Joe Biden. Right. God, that and, scares the shit out of me for what's next. But okay. <laughs> right. And, that, and then you hit on something. The question is, are we going to keep bouncing back and forth because? People are not settled. And the reason why we have this bouncing of polar opposites with these administrations is because people don't feel like they're touched by government. People don't feel like they're under the umbrella. And if you notice, each person that's coming in, there's a certain sector that's like supporting them like, oh, my gosh, I've never felt like I was part of government. Think about it with Barack Obama. I never felt like I was part of government before, but now I'm. Think about it with with Donald Trump. Oh my gosh, I never thought I was part of government, and now I am. And then you've got Joe Biden. People like, I just want to breathe. I just want to heal. But isn't that kind of? I mean, in a way, isn't that sort of the better alternative to that? I've just. I mean, the, is it is Joe Biden sort of the pendulum not swinging all the way back and and sort of kind of coming to the middle a little bit more is yeah, that coming to the middle but you have that extreme and it's not it's trumpyism and trump may be gone but trumpyism will remain for a long time because there's so many people that are embedded in this that trumpyism is going to start showing its head around election time or maybe even before i don't know but the question is we're going to swing that pendulum is going to swing very soon i feel it and you see it you see the new crop of people rising up in different places you see it still on twitter you see it. You know, if, if January 6th didn't tell us something, I don't know what you need to know to know that there is a problem in this nation about a coming together just on politics, just on issues. So is, if that is fire, I mean, the, the phrase fighting fire with fire is sort of a bit of a misnomer, I think, because I don't think you actually do fight fire with fire. Um, you can contain it a little bit with fire, but you can't put it out with more fire. Is is President Biden's relative quiet um, compared to the last four years? Um, do you think it is an effective strategy at, at fighting that? I mean, not engaging, sort of not giving that oxygen. Is it an effective strategy or no? Do you think that's a strategy? I just think that's who he is. I think Biden. Well, maybe you're right. You might be right. Yeah, I think Biden is just politics. Biden. Biden was so repulsed by what he was seeing, he jumped back in the race after Charlottesville. And I think right. about when when he was in the debate on the debate stage with Donald Trump. I don't remember which one it was, but he called him a clown. You know. You know. He, Biden is not a saint politically. Donald Trump is not a saint politically. Well, none of us are, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, okay. Let's say that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm. Maybe you are. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not in politics, and I'm not a saint, but I'm not in politics. I cover it. Well, oh, if we're just talking about politicians, then not a hot damn one of them is. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> not a hot damn one. No, <laughs> no, no politician name. You've been in D.C. for a minute. Yeah. Can you think of a politician who you would consider to be just a, I mean, obviously nobody's a saint, but can you think of a politician who you feel is completely and utterly selfless? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can get back to me on that. I'd love to hear it. And I won't be one bit disappointed if you can't, because I can't. But you know I mean, what, but let me say this. If, if I could, what's, um, Remember that movie, She's Got to Have It, the Spike Lee's first movie? It's like mm -hmm. she created a man from different men. If right. I could create a politician. Look at yes. I mean, <laughs> if I could take if I could take the courage of this one and the integrity yes, of this one and yes. the and frankness of this one, of course. But yeah. we don't have Frankenstein like that in, <laughs> in Washington right now. And if we do. They're the only ones not on TV because I, <laughs> all I, the ones that are on TV right now are not. I would take the courage of Elijah Cummings okay. and John Lewis. And John Lewis. Oh, now you want to, you, you might, you might get a little. Um, let's build, let's build them. I'm going to write it down. I'm curious. Okay. I'm very interested. So the courage of, of John Lewis okay. and, and Elijah Cummings. Mm -hmm. um, well, the courage of Elijah Cummings and the 
the nonviolent peace yeah. and resilience and fortitude of John Lewis. Okay. Uh, now, you're not going to like this one. I, I tr- you would be surprised at what I'm willing to accept. Okay, okay. But I might not. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, James Langford. Uh, uh, Interesting, Langford. Oklahoma. Okay, what yeah. what characteristic from him? The red hair, right? I I, I like Gingies. Okay, but let me, let me <laughs> but let me, I see. Yes, no, but um, no. Let me tell you the the thing that I like about him. He two things, and and he's and he's in trouble for 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 his stand. He believes in healing the racial divide. He, before COVID, he would have dinner with people of other races on Sundays in their homes. And that was, and he and Tim Scott would do, would do that. And if we all did that, to be able to break bread in each other's homes, that is huge. So what is that intention? That's, I mean, that is. Healing, um, healing, healing, racial healing. He's also one of the only people who changed his vote yeah, on January sixth, right? I mean, he had intended to in trouble for it. He's in the well, right? Well, he'll he'll survive, hopefully. <laughs> um, what about? I mean, wh- what about policy or integrity? I mean, obviously, these John, John Lewis and John and Tim John and integrity, obviously. But you're building a Frankenstein right now. I need some more. Okay. Um, all right, we got to put in a progressive. Um, I would say Anna Presley and Bernie Sanders. Okay. Um, Bernie Sanders doesn't care. He's like, look. Right. That's sort of the inte- that's sort of an integrity thing too, right? I mean, yeah, he like, does I have the integrity right. to say, what other politician would we ever have seen not take advantage of Hillary's emails in a, in a debate? Every other politician would have <laughs> right, said, yeah, right. let's talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't I give mean, a damn about the media. Okay. She's like, I don't either. Ayanna Presley is a worker too, right? I mean, she she, she gets the there. She's not a. Uh, I use the word she's showboat a lot, but of the of the of the group of people who came in together, the what do they call the so-called squad? Ayanna Presley really gets a lot done on yeah. the ground yeah. level. Yeah, um, the fight of Maxine Waters. Well, she that would be. She would drag you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> She is not someone to mess with. Yeah. Okay, you got to pick one more Republican before you, or or moderate at the very least, before, well, yeah. Right now, none of them like me, so I don't know. <laughs> well, James Lankford might like you after this. Um, I mean, is it interesting to, is it crazy, is it ironic to you that, that someone who, that the two people who ran against Barack Obama, that, that. Democrats in 2008 and 2012 both said, I mean, me included, um, would be dangerous to America. John McCain and Mitt Romney ended up being two of the most respected Republicans by people, Republicans most respected by Democrats in, in the last four years. Okay. So let's, let's build, let's continue to build this politician. Um, John McCain, and I've said this, he was a prickly prickly pear, Arizona prickly pear, okay. Um, <laughs> but he was a prickly pear, but two things that stand out for me with him, and, and these are the two things I want for our politician that we're building. He believed so much in this country, he stayed when he could have left. Patriotism. Broken, bruised, and bloodied for this nation. And if anybody, whether you liked it or not, if anybody had anything to say, he should have been the first person to say it. You right. know, and 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 God forbid, I, I it it hurt me to my heart to see people not rally around him when Donald Trump was talking about, oh well, he got captured, so I don't think I was like, man, shut up. Bones first, shut up. Right, you know, so and then Mitt Romney. I'm gonna be honest with you, Mitt Romney flip flops a lot. One minute he, you think he's all right, and the next minute it's. I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, you want someone who's convicted. Mitt Romney, you know, I don't know. I what what I don't know. He did. He did. He did enact Obamacare before 
um, in, okay, okay, in Massachusetts okay, we'll before Mitt, before Obama did. Right, so um, yes, I agree that you um, <laughs> he is he is he can change his his mind a little he, bit. But he, he ran real. Didn't he run fast when 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 <laughs> Officer Eugene? Well, don't they all? So she said, "Sir, they're coming." He ran. I said, "Oh, look at me run, me run." <laughs> It's not funny. It is not funny. Oh, God. Okay, I got to move on to some questions. I can do this for a while. I got to move on to some questions from our our listeners. Um, They sent them in because they knew you were going to be here this week. We take questions from our listeners. Um, You can send us your questions uh, on Twitter or Instagram at Politicon, um, or you can email them to podcasts at Politicon.com. Kevin from Sacramento asks, April... Does having Trump missing from the public eye make it easier for the press to criticize President Biden? Um, it doesn't matter whether he's in the public eye or not. Um, if there's something that's there, we're going to continue to ask. Do you feel um, that's a job for you? Like, Is that a part of your job to try to, I mean, not criticize because that's more opinion, but but to look for hole, punch holes? Is that what you feel? The, no, you look to punch holes. You don't look to punch holes, but if you see a hole, you're going to ask about the hole. Um, we are the first line of questioning of an American president. End of story. The founding fathers put us there when to keep the accountability when checks and balances fall out of place. And guess what? They did. So... We ask, I mean, like today I saw what I think was a conservative reporter asking Jen Psaki about, you know, what the, the governor, uh, Georgia governor, uh, Brian Kemp said, which wasn't all fact about the voting, his new voting law, SB 202. He had a right to ask, you know, any question is fair game. Everything comes to the White House from water piece and everything in between. It's not about Donald Trump. It's about the issue. Now, if Donald Trump asks something or says something, you know, we might bring that up. But it's about this is the Biden administration now. He is dealing with colliding crises. He's dealing with COVID. He's dealing with uh, 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 the Johnson Johnson and AstraZeneca debacle that happened at that manufacturing place, 15 million doses thrown out because they made a mistake and put two things. I mean, that we have to ask questions like that. We have to ask questions about voting rights. We have to ask questions. We may ask questions about the Chauvin trial that's happened in Minneapolis. We can ask anything. It is not about Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't give me pause to do anything. Emma from Madison, Wisconsin asks, do politicians face the people enough why do we know so few of their names? Ooh. Why do you know so few of their names? Um, yeah, they're you... 435 members of the House, and there are probably 10 to 15 who are constantly on TV, and the others. Because you know why? The other ones the other ones either don't know how to get on TV, don't want to. I mean, I'm serious. We are always looking for new faces to talk to. I'm looking for different people, but then you have those people who have those compelling sound bites. Right. Know, and, and we gravitate to them. But some of the people are very afraid. I want, Clay, I want to hear from more Republicans. But they think that they don't want to talk to me because I was smeared by the past president. They've I decided to, you're the enemy. They have decided that I'm the enemy and I'm not. I am a good person. I am not the enemy. Sean from Anchorage. Anchorage. Hello, Sean. Hey, Anchorage. Right. How did you overcome your fear of challenging the most powerful person on the planet? I didn't cha- see. I did not challenge him. Clay. Right. So what did you see first? Did you see him come after me or did you see me come after him? I don't remember. <gasps> I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure I I, I know. Again, <laughs> I, I have been around former President Trump quite a bit. Um, so yes. I have to believe that he probably came after you first, well, just because the, I yes, don't you know him. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, him I mean, very well. I mean, I I will say, and I I'm tr- I try to be fair, because but I agree with you. Even when I hear someone ask a question that you know, one of Megan McCain's one of my very best friends, and I listen to her ask questions on the View, and sometimes it makes me go, damn it. But I recognize 
it's fair to ask a politician a tough question. And I think that's what you do. And I think that's what good reporters at the White House do. Um, when I ran for Congress myself, I like I, I loved all the reporters at the local outlets until I ran for Congress and they were constantly, I babysat one of their kids when she, when I was younger and I was friends with them. And then all of a sudden he's asking me these tough questions. I'm like, damn it. I used to babysit your child. <laughs> and and I, you know, it, you're not it, changing the diapers now. <laughs> right? But, but you have to, but I, it took me leaving that situation to realize that is their job. That's why I asked you about, you know, asking tough questions and kind of finding those holes, as you said. So, so I recognize that's what you do. Some people can handle it better than others can, though. So let and me I say think this. he didn't handle it with you, right? Right. He didn't handle it well with me or with some of the other reporters, particularly minority female reporters. I didn't start anything with him. I didn't challenge him. I asked him questions. He made it a challenge. He called me out of my name. He said that we were enemy, the enemy of the people. He asked me the first press conference. Oh, don't you know them? Are they your friends? Why don't you get a meeting with me in the Congressional Black Caucus? Right. That's not my right. job. Yes. So I didn't challenge. I just asked him a question. Yeah, yeah, you remember. Yeah. No, I remember. <laughs> it is not funny, Clay. I mean, it's, 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 it is a little, it's a little bit ridiculous. I mean. It's, it's a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm laughing. I'm not laughing because I think it's appropriate or funny. I just, I mean, sometimes don't you have to laugh at the stupidity or so you see around you? I mean, so. Okay, so I laugh after I finish with my counseling session on Tuesday. Right. I, you know, Trump. I mean, that's the therapy. only way to survive in this world right now oh is to look God. at the stupidity around us and just go, what the. God, God. Now I can laugh. Now I can. But I was like, back then, I was like looking over my shoulder. Like, oh. Well, especially because you didn't get into reporting to be the center of the no, story, right? Not. I did not. I did not. I, this is something foreign to my existence. I did not know this would happen. If I, this is not what I was taught. I was taught the who's, what's, when's, where's, and why's. Tell the facts. Tell all sides of the story. Not you're going to be the story. And, and, and it really... It's unfortunate that I am now part of the story. I can say something and it's like, oh my God, April Ryan. It's like, it's conflated. It's on Fox. I'm, I'm a target. I'm, you know, I'm like, oh my God. This Has is there not- ever been a story you had to tell that you just really didn't want to because for whatever personal reason, you just did not want to have to yes. expose or air the dirty laundry on someone who you respected? Has there been, have there was, been stories like that? It, I, you know, People, I they will tell you I'm fair, um, but I've had every group. I've had the CBC come after me because they were mad. They, they said, "Why would you know?" I've had the white white houses come after me. You know, um, Robert Gibbs went after me when the Salahis came to the White House, and the Social Secretary let him in. So it was it was. I've had those things, but but I'm a reporter. It's not favoritism. It's not. I favor the Republican Party or I favor the Democratic Party. It's once again, if you see a hole in something, you're going to ask about the hole, right? Just like I said. So here's the thing. The thing that stands out most for me, something that I asked, a question that I've asked um, in reporting, for me to have to ask a sitting U.S. president in this moment in time, if you're a racist, that... Dan Rather even said to me, he said, oh, that was a good question. He said, but I knew you were going to get it afterwards. I was like, I did. Clay, I cried <laughs> after that. I cried after that because that, I should never have to ask that. And that was so much weight. And I couldn't let that moment go. I was like, April, if you ask, but you got to ask. I was going back and forth in my mind until it came out of my mouth. Did you expect an honest answer? I was expecting something. It took him three days to answer. That was like the question of the weekend. And I was going on about my business, not caring. And I heard that was being asked all over the place. And I was like, really, really? And I, you know, when he came out three days later, I am not a racist. I'm the least racist person. That's the same answer he gave Don Lemon. You know, so (laughs) it's that canned response. But it was, it's, it's, it's painful to have to ask someone. But now, you know what? I think we don't have to ask. We already know what he is. So 
and 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 I heard about what happened on The Apprentice too. I know some of the contestants. <clears throat> That's all I'm going well, to say. Well, I was I was I was maybe willfully ignorant. Sometimes ignorance is bliss when I was on the show. And I mean, I have I know Vivica, some... I know Holly, I know Arsenio, I know Arsenio was my season. Yeah, I know, I know he was. I watched, mm-hmm. I watched, I watched. But oh, I just... so you're saying you wanted him to win instead of me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God! No, no, no. no. Oh, but I'm this is these you. these are the challenges of our day. <laughs> no, but I'm going to say this to you though. If if we would have known some of what the politics that went on there, and if we would have heard some of the things that were happening beyond hearing grab them by the P tape, you know, mm-hmm. with Billy Bush, we could have looked. Changed? Hmm? What'd you say? Do you think it, you think it would have made a difference? I mean, he was it he put, was headed on the trage- tra- trajectory he was headed on, no matter. It what, would have right? put it would have put a little bit. It would have given us a little bit more context into who he really was, because when people were hearing. He was like, um, they were saying, was it asshole nation? He was like, oh, he wouldn't say that. And they were like, yes, he does. He says worse things than that. You know, he was saying things out of his mouth in, in, in backdoor conversations. And people were like, he said this and nobody believed it. But if we would have had an understanding of what happened, because it wasn't just you and Arsenio. It was some other stuff going on over there. Right. But so, I, I mean, I'll go back to, to what you said about earlier on when you said people believe what they want to believe. And, right. and I mean, the, the sad truth, I mean, is that n- no truer words have been spoken. That is sort of where we are now. And I, as, as much as I want to believe that you're right, when you say, if we knew some of these things beforehand, ch- things would have changed. I think, well, we had the tape of, Bill, the Billy Bush access Hollywood tape. We saw him say, I, don't like people who got captured. We saw his yeah. character um, early on, and Following he Hillary, still Hillary, and he Hillary still Hillary. won. But I think that had yeah. a lot to do. I mean, I, I think I think that had a lot to do with the fact that people who didn't like him were not going to like him, no matter what. Um, it was not going to happen. And people who did like him and didn't like Hillary we're not going to like her and we're going to like him no matter what he said. So even an apprentice expose might not have changed their minds because he was good at making the media, the enemy of the people, you were the enemy of the people, anything, you know, and any of these other stories. And that is kind of why this particular podcast started trying to figure out how we can get people to break away from the preconceived notions of, you know, I tell, I've told the story a few times, so hopefully People won't skip it, but I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> but right after I right after I ran for Congress, I was finished. I had made the decision that if I didn't, if I ran, I was not going to sing any any again or be okay not to go back and sing. I had finished the race and I was flying somewhere through Atlanta, and I walked into the Sky Club in Atlanta and I walked up to the desk and the lady at the desk said, "Oh." my God, Clay Aiken, I love you so. Oh, I loved you. I used to love you so much. She corrected herself. I used to love you so much. Yeah, she said, I used to love, and she she corrected herself intentionally. And I said, used to love me? What you talking about? You used to love me. She said, I just can't anymore since you're a Democrat. And (gasps) I said, and I had a nice conversation with her. We had a very nice exchange afterwards, but she was sincere. She meant that. And I said, well, see, now that's interesting because I'm no different today than I was however many years ago when you first saw me. Um, the only difference is, you know, you know, that I have a D behind my name. But it was sort of this, and again, we had a nice conversation, but it was sort of this very much a wake-up call, and you've seen it, I'm sure, through years mm-hmm. in, of covering Washington, that people immediately have a preconceived notion and they want to believe they know everything about someone either because of the letter behind their name or because of that one tweet that they tweeted or because of that one story they read about them or headline because they didn't read the whole article they read the headline um, about them and we have and then we've chosen our camps and we've gotten stuck in them and how we are going to get folks to listen so I have to ask you what the, the one question that we have desperately looked for the answer to for a year is April Ryan. How the heck are we going to get along? Mm, by sitting here talking together, by opening our minds and our hearts, we are in such a dire situation right now. I don't think people really know how dire it is. We have these variants that are 
harsher and easier to con uh, to to get infected by at any moment. Um, we're spiking. The economy's going down. We don't have time for hate. You know, um, someone told me, they said, you know, if I need a stick of butter and you don't know I need a stick of butter, how am I going to get the stick of butter? We got to talk. We've got to communicate. And I think I'm just so enjoying talking to you because it's important that we have this dialogue and it might open up another dialogue and another dialogue. It might have a ripple effect. We need to talk. And I love having these conversations with diverse audiences. I'm tired of talking, being part of the choir, you know, being the choir director and the choir is like singing behind me. You know, I want to have these conversations where people will hear me have an open mind and understand that we are the same. We all have a heart to achieve. How do we achieve without hurting each other? We got to take the selfishness out of it. We have to look at humanity, humanity, not politics or policy, people and humanity. And that's, I think, how we heal. And we have to be civil. We have to understand that we are people who need each other and stop fighting. I just, that's, I mean, that's just from what I've seen in my unique perch from the White House, five presidents in 24 years. You know, I'm still a baby, got another 25 to go.